Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's uh, Mountaineer Nation Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Baseball is back. We've had opening week, opening weekend. Um, as of this recording, we are uh, four days in, three games in for each major league team. Um, it's been an exciting opening weekend. Uh, super happy to have baseball back. We have Ryan with us. Uh, Blaine should be joining shortly as well. Uh, Ryan, uh, what are your thoughts so far on opening weekend? I'm just excited. Baseball's back. You know, get to watch baseball on TV and just puts a little bit of normalcy back into our lives, I feel like. Yes, it is. Like, it's normal, all right. <laughs> yes, it's yeah, great. It's I'm awesome. glad I popped in for that. <laughs> awesome. Well, we got a, a fun episode for you today. Uh, since we last talked, uh, Major League Baseball threw a bombshell at us. Um, and expanded the playoffs to 16 teams out of nowhere. Um, so that was pretty crazy. Um, it should have some fantasy impact because I guess there will be teams that may not sell at the deadline, uh, that will choose to stay in contention longer, uh, and also may keep teams from calling it quits towards the end of the season, bringing up some prospects just to get some experience. They may still be playing their, you know, "Quote unquote best players at you know at the end of September, um, so it could have some fantasy relevance. But overall, it's just a major baseball relevance. A huge change. Um, I, for one, am not as excited about it. Um, I mean, I guess it'll be cool once it happens and, and once we get there. But the idea of it, it, maybe I'm just a traditionalist, but I'm not a huge fan. Being a Braves fan, the team is affecting the division. I don't like having to play a first round three game series." Uh, it just it hurts me a little bit, but and I guess it's a late change. Uh, I wish it would have happened earlier, but eh, it'll be fun. Hey Are Taylor, you- I know the traditionalist in you is, is hurting in the purest, is hurting in you, but for this year, man, it's the way it has to be. It has to be that way because the way the schedules are set up, you have to. And um, I get it. Not only that, not only that, but man, we get three more. We get a whole weekend's worth of games. And we were deprived for four that months, so let's let's buckle up, let's strap it on, man. You know, assholes and elbows, and let's go play. <laughs> Ron, what and, do you and the reality the reality of it is, man, <laughs> if you are one of the four best teams in 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 the National League or the American League, if you can't beat a team that that you are better than, that might be dangerous in a home series in your ballpark, well, then you probably don't deserve to be in the World Series or keep moving further in the playoffs. That's fair. But anything can happen in a three-game series in baseball. I mean, look, the Orioles just took two or three from the Red Sox. So I mean, you know, <laughs> and, and so it's a far and it's a far it's a far improvement over the one-game wild card, man. It's far improvement. Uh, I mean, everything in baseball is a series, you know. So the fact that it's going to be a three-gamer, at least you can lose twice now. That's the way it should be. I mean, what level of postseason in baseball is one game? I agree. What level? Other than the one-game wild card. I agree. You even have the teams with the second and third best records in it, and they still both have to play each other. And teams that win 88 games get to go play a five-game series. So, no, this is this is a far improvement over that bull, bull crap, bullshit, uh, <laughs> one-game one, one wild card playoff that we were dealing with for, what, the last five to six years? Well, look, Blaine, I, I'm not going to argue. I've seen far too many of those, Keller. I'm just saying. Yeah, uh, the the uh, 
phantom <laughs> infield fly rule still haunts me to this day, but we I won't mean, go You there. were the original heartbreak of the wild card game. Yeah. So, so you should be all for this. Like, come on, man. Jump on board. Let's go. Yeah. If I was a fan of a mediocre team, I, w- I would be all on board, but I'm not. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, that's fine. Hey, 16 teams are getting in somehow. And you know what? That That is kind of it's, – it's a little disappointing in certain respects because the baseball playoff has always been the most difficult, the most sacred of any of the playoffs to get in. You know, you used to always That's say, cool. oh, hockey and, hockey, and base, hockey and basketball, you know, 16 to the 30 teams get in. It's, it's, not, a, it's not really a, a sign of accomplishment to be in the playoffs. Um, where in baseball it was. You know, you were a, a select group, I mean – Yep. Only a third of the only a third of the teams made it, and that's even, and that's even kind of risen up within the last, you know, how many years? I mean, it used to only be yeah. four teams for crying out loud, and then they moved it to six, and then they moved it to eight, you know, and it's just kind of continued to get a little more expansive as we went along. I just hope in an expanded 162 game season, it doesn't stay at 16 teams because I just think it takes away some of the the. Um, importance of, of 162 games. That's hey, my it's, all, it's all about the Benjamins, Keller. You know that. I know it is. I mean <laughs> Ryan, what are your thoughts I mean, on the gift chimed in? What are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I'll tell you. So well first off, is is your hatred for the one game a lot to do with Jake Arietta that one year Blaine? Man, actually, actually it's, it's got more, it's got more to, to do, do with Bumgarner. Bumgarner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I've been, I've been to two, two, I've been I've been two, two wild card, card games and haven't had a damn run. run. Oh, so, geez. you know, <laughs> I'm just I'm glad, glad I went to game, game three, three where the Cardinals were Mariana. Mariana. So, so, I mean, I, at, least at least I saw a playoff, playoff win. win. All right. Um, I like it. I mean, I'm fine with it for this season. This is a 60-game sprint. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Gets, gets everybody in. I, I agree. I like it better than the one, just having one game. I mean, it should be at least a series. I thought that wild card game all along should at least – they should have at least made that three, you know, Late. best of three. Um, I would say once they get to 162, though, I would prefer maybe only 14 teams, at least let the best record in the AL and NL get a bye to the division series. Yeah. Because, like, you never know. Yeah, you should be able to beat a team. But, like, if a team can just sneak in as the eight seed, and as long as they got, like, two stud pitchers, they can beat anybody on any given day. And they could overall not have a great team, but those two stud pitchers could lead them to a best-of-three series win. So and That's exactly uh, why I'm having a problem. Better to have exactly two stud pitchers than just one. Right. But I don't know. I just – it's all, it's all right for a lot of the four, five, three, six matchups and at two, seven, I guess. But I, I feel like at least when we get to the 162, if you have the best record, you can win like 105 games and then you got to go best of three against, you know, some team that might have a couple of aces, but overall their team's not that good. But those aces could carry the day on two given days. I don't know. Hey, I don't like hey Ike, I'm sorry. I love the argument, but. It's, it's the same thing, man. If you win 98 games and you lose in one, a one-game playoff to a team that won 97, at least now you get to lose twice. That's baseball. Oh, I, 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 it should be. It, it, it's, this is much better than having, than having a team go home in one game when it's a 162-game marathon. I had a quick and easy solution. I, it's just saying the wild card game moves to a best of three rather than a yes, single game. Yes, that's what I agree. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Do that right now. 
Yeah, and then you I, go back to ten. I'm, but we but we know it's gonna. I mean, it's gonna stay up. It's gonna be at least yeah. fourteen probably. I like the new format of, of having them pick each other. The one team gets the buy, and then two plays seven or whoever they want to play. Yeah. Three picks whoever, and then the top wild card picks whoever is left. I think that's a. It's an interesting format, and at least not half the leagues in. Right. At least it's fourteen, not sixteen. Right. I, I would. I would like some. I, I agree. I don't want the one game. I'd rather the three game. Yeah, you could even do just like maybe the top two division winners get a buy, and if you're the least record division, like the third place division winner, then maybe you have like three wild card teams get in, and whoever the third division winner is just gets to pick their opponent of the three wild card teams, and then those yeah. have a three, six, four, five best of three to get to the division or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not terrible. Well, well, you know, and I mean, it's, it's going to be it's. It, it, it'd be interesting to see in a situation, let's say, if the Yankees are the two seed and, and they get a choice, oh, do we want to play the Red Sox or do we want to, you know, play somebody else? I love that element of it, that reality selection show type deal that baseball is trying to create. So that'll be kind of fun moving forward. Right. Yep. We'll, we'll see what happens. Hey, who, who do you think it helps more? I mean, do we have a, do we have a team that you look at and you say, hey, that, that's going to help them significantly in the AL or the NL? Padres. NL. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, I love the Padres. They looked good this weekend, man. They did. They looked real good until the day when they blew the lead. <laughs> they should have won. I mean, they should be three and zero, but two and one out of the weekend. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty solid start against a team that they were probably battling for second in that division. So, I mean, that I think that really helps them, you know, in their playoff chances. Of course, they have seven more games against the Diamondbacks, but I mean, I, I mean, it, it definitely helps them, and I think they're, in my opinion, a clear second place. So, I think that really, really helps them because I don't think they're beating the Dodgers. And they may you gotta have help Washington too, right? What is it? You gotta help the Nats as well, I would say. Oh yeah. It will help the Nats, yes. I'd agree. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean I think the Nats, that's that was my clear I mean, I think it helps the Padres too, because they were at best they were getting a wild card game and now they can get, you know, a three a three series instead of a single game. And then yeah, Nats for sure, because you can line up. I mean, they're having I mean, Strasburg had some kind of issue, but assuming their three pitchers are healthy, I mean, you know, assuming when they get Soda back, all they got to do is get in the playoffs. And when you got those three pitchers, I don't care if they're playing the Dodgers first round, they got a shot because they got those three pitchers gone. Yeah. Absolutely. And honestly, it helps any team in the NL NL Central. I mean, that's such a – tough division right now to predict i think it any of those teams have to feel a little relief and then two sneaky teams i think it helps are the chicago white Sox in the al and the angels i think those are two teams that it gives them a little bit more hope where they had probably a really big uphill battle and they can maybe squeak in at that baseball but we'll see i mean you know a team in the al keller that i think it does really help as well um would be houston now yeah, because of the whole Verlander deal, so now they can See? maybe sneak into the back end of the playoffs uh, potentially, and and that could be real interesting. And then and then probably more than likely, maybe I could see like you. I agree 100 percent with the White Sox pick. Probably Cleveland too. Yeah, you're right. Cleveland, yeah, because they were probably right on the edge of that wild card team, and now they're probably, I would say, favored to make the playoffs as the second team from the NL Central or AL Central. Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, they're right. I mean, you would probably put them at two, but the White Sox are going to be right there too. Yeah. I believe. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. 
Well, um, no, that's 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 a, definitely an interesting uh, interesting change in the rules, and I'll be we'll be definitely interested to see how that plays out. Um, it'll be fun. I'm excited to see you know the, the teams that make the back end whether they have a chance you know beating beating teams like the Yankees and Dodgers. Um, it'll be fun. Um, all right, guys, let's uh, switch gears. Uh, Ryan, uh, Blaine, do you want to go through the scoreboard right now for our fantasy league and go through maybe a few surprises, a few thoughts? Um, I guess we can kind of run down the matchups here and any anything that stands out. Um, I'll, I guess I'll take your matchup first, Ryan, with um, Vaughn. Um, you guys have been tearing it up in K's and and in homers. No, I mean it's a pretty close matchup overall. There's not not a lot of movement. Uh, Vaughn's having a pretty good week. Um, pitching's close. That can still swing either way. You really you really like so far early? Was it Blaine? Oh, I guess I was disconnecting there. Um, but uh, oh. who who who? Uh, I mean. I, I really haven't looked around the league to see who else has kind of done well. I know that I've got blown up by show Tony uh, today. That's infinite <laughs> ERA, and I was uh, doing pretty well before that. Um, but uh, who's – I mean, who's who's kind of coming out as a gay tot so far in the old Mountaineer Fantasy League? Man, uh, there's a couple teams that, that have come out of the gates, you know, swinging pretty hard. Um, man, it's, that's tough. There's, there's a couple teams that are doing well. Uh, I'll say your team, Blaine, is is off to a pretty good start outside of power department. I mean, <laughs> yeah, a lot of I runs. Can't buy, can't buy home run. <laughs> I didn't expect you to hang this tough with with Eric's team because Eric's team's pretty good, but you are putting forth pretty good effort. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, other other than that, I mean, overall, so far the first three three games, pitching has really ruled the day. You know, hitters have had a tough had it tough the first couple of days. Maybe that's changed a bit today um, in some of our games. But overall, I mean, I think it's pretty even so far. It's hard to tell three days in. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think the easiest way to go through this is we each have – none of us are playing each other. So let's each just kind of talk about our own matchup because we check that the most. So we probably know yeah. what's going on with that the most. And then we'll each pick one other matchup to kind of talk about or something that way. Because cool. it's hard to just give an overall view because it's – hard to just say a team and you'll kind of say it when you, you when you see the matchup you can chime in or something yeah i'll so, let you kick it off i'll let you kick it off ryan with your matchup against vaughn i started out really hot vaughn had a great day today he got a bunch of home runs and passed me in a lot of batting today i've had i've had luckily i've had good pitching out of one blow up kind of pitching today overall so overall i've had a good week but vaughn with his batting has came back we have I mean, there's no real categories that are a lock uh, right now. I mean, the biggest def- separation – well, no, he's probably locked in average. I'm probably locked in whip. But other than that, there's a lot of my categories. So, still full week to play, so a lot can happen. Yeah. No, it has. Um, Blaine, do you want to go next? You want me to lead it up? Lead it up right. next? You know, go ahead there, Keller. Go ahead. All right. So I'm playing uh, Billy uh, daily for this this week, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, I've had a really slow week at the plate, uh, a really really bad week from uh, Betts and and Freeman and Acuna and Arenado, and just no power. Um, so I'm pretty behind in batting. Um, I'm slowly catching back up. I've had a few uh, breakouts in like Kyle Lewis and Lariano, but. Um, Pitching's really, really saved me. Uh, started off pretty bad, but 
all of my starters have pitched really well. Uh, my ERA and WHIP are pretty solid. And I, I, like you said, Ron, there's not like a lot of categories that are locks right now. Um, but I would say my ERA is, is as close as I can get to a lock as possible, unless I, you know, have a bunch of pitchers blow up. Um, but other than that, everything's pretty close. He's got a pretty hefty lead in steals, so that that's probably his. But it's still a long, long way to play, and he's given me a much tougher battle than I expected. And you know, uh, he's having a good week. Blaine. Hey, um, so now I, so I got this right. So we're we're going until next Sunday, and then this will be the end of week one, right? Correct. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, so far with me and uh, Boba Chetty, uh, Eric's team there. I love that name, by the way. Um, I mean, I, I have a pretty significant lead in runs. I'm I'm scoring a lot of runs. Uh, yet yeah. Not hitting not hitting a home run though. Um, so <laughs> I mean, he's got got a little lead in there in that department. Um, RBIs are pretty pretty uh, tight. Uh, you know, one I mean, one swing of the bat, a couple doubles, and you're right back there. Um, I mean, neither one of us are stealing any bases at all. I think my one stolen base on the week or the weekend is from Vladimir Greer Jr., that stallion of a speed guy that he is. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, didn't expect that. I mean, I'm hitting 212, but he's hitting 175. So, I mean, we're not really we're not really squaring a ball up, obviously, either one of our teams. Um, but I'm scoring a lot of runs, so I'm okay with that. A lot of strikeouts. I mean, like what we talked about, pitching has kind of really ruled um, the game so far. This so far, I mean, got a got a little bit of a lead in saves, uh, three to one, and in wins, four to two. Really, except for show today, and then Trevor Williams. All my pitchers have done ex- exceptionally well. Um, so I hope to keep that up and maybe find a way to hit some home runs this week and get back in that category a little bit. Um, Ryan, I'm gonna go ahead and just. Take, take another matchup here real quick off the top. And a yep. team that I know we were all kind of um, kind of razzing there a little bit in the, uh, the predictions from the season. But that's all rise and clay. Um, matching with 22 runs and eight homers, kind of yeah. running away in the RBI department, um, up 240 to 185 in the average. I mean, the, the Ks are pretty, pretty similar, and neither team has a save. And the pitching is going to be where that thing gets decided. But um, good, really, really hot start, really hot start from Clay over old Kim De Young Un, um, who is 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 not doing as well as Paul De Young did at the plate this weekend versus the Buccos. Yeah, no, you're right. He's he got a lot. Although I'll give I'll give Kim De Young a little bit today. He got some good outings out of Trevor Bauer and um, uh, Loiza. I guess that's how we're going to pronounce his name. Yep. The, uh, the guy the Yankees uh, opened with. So um, you know. And obviously, man, we're three games in. A lot of time for a lot of these things to change over the course of the week. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, but but hey, but great start there from uh, from Clay in his supposed rebuilding season. No, it's a great start from Clay. He's de- definitely having a good batting week. Um, we'll see if his pitching um, can can hold and he can maybe grab a win. We'll see. Uh, well, yeah, yeah I agree. One? I mean, Clay- yeah, I'll take another one. Yeah, I agree. Clay's batting off to a good start, and he's just – if he can – pull together some wins and saves and he could uh, steal a solid win. Um, I'm going to look at Scherzer, the best battle axe matchup. Um, so far right now, look, their, their batting is complete positive. So right now Scherzer's winning six, one, three, but if you look at batting separated by four runs, three home runs, battle axe has, has the nine RBI, the tied and steals are super close and average. So, with the whole week to go, that batting matchup's a complete toss-up. It can go either way. Um, on the pitching side, 
both of the pitching has had some blow ups because Scherzer's winning with a five ERA and a one three six whip, and Battleaxe is a six ERA and one point six whip. So with both blow ups and not a lot of starts so far, and, and Battleaxe has actually had uh, less starts overall so far. So his his isn't quite as ingrained um, of ERA. So but he's way behind in K's. So but that's parts because he's had less thing. So Battleaxe. He's behind in a lot right now, but he's close in enough that if he can have a strong week, he could get this back close to, you know, a 5-5 type of thing. But Scherzer is also, you know, his batting can turn on any time. And if his pitching comes together, um, then, you know, he could he could actually run away with it. Um, Battleaxe should have – I'm not sure save situation, uh, what what all they got going, but I'll, I think Battleaxe may eventually – get saves at some point here, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, no, good analysis, Ryan. I like that. Uh, next, last matchup um, is uh, Eric Benyak versus Steven. Uh, that's Dr. Davis against Travers fighting pills. Um, this matchup looks close right now. Um, I will say when you dig a bit deeper, uh, Phil's already has 10 games started uh, to Eric Benyak's six. Uh, so Vignac has a four-game advantage if he, takes, if he takes advantage of all the, uh, if he takes of all, I guess, advantage of all the starts. So right now they're stuck at one win apiece. Um, Eric Vignac has Julio Urias going against San Fran right now. I know they're down one nothing right now, but that could be another win. So, and his, his ERA and whip are, are competitive, and ERA is actually lower. So I would give the edge in, in pitching right now to Vignac. With four starters, he could easily make up the K deficit, and then the batting, he has a pretty clear advantage right now in, in the power category, so the I category, um, average is pretty close. Uh, right now, I'd say um, he has the advantage right now, but Steven could definitely come back. Still, definitely time. I'm gonna have to have some better outings from his pitchers, get some wins. Um, that's gonna be key. Um, but yeah, he, he just has need to have needs to have his bats come alive. He definitely has the, the hitters to do it. Um, but so far, players like Sinzel, Edmund, um, Tim Anderson, Baez, Luis uh, Hoskins just haven't done much from the, the power RBI department. So I'm sure he's looking at those guys that kind of took it in here. Actually, maybe there's a baby. No, they're not. That was my bad. So, no, we're on. That's that matchup. Um, so I guess next up, uh, Blaine, I'll let you kick us into the next category of uh, a topic you have for us. Well, um, Ryan, I, I couldn't hear you very well there, but I think, uh, you know, I was kind of just looking at, you know, kind of what we got coming next week in terms of the schedule. Um, pretty entertaining, man. I mean, we got a lot of games on national TV, um, doubleheader literally every night of the week except for Thursday and Friday on national television. Uh, triple header Wednesday on ESPN, pretty sweet. Um, you got you got the Yankees and Phillies series that's squaring up this week. You got the Dodgers and the uh, the Astros, so you got some premier matchups there. A lot of star power. Really interesting from the perspective of a couple teams that um the Cubs and Reds a central battle. It's going to be fun. Uh, the Braves and the Rays is a, is a pretty fun one. I know everyone's really looking forward to that uh, Orioles and uh, Marlins uh, series uh, between those two two and one powerhouses. So, hey, hey, but, you know what though? It, it, but in all seriousness, though, hey, but in all seriousness, though, 
if either one of those teams, if one of those teams could maybe say sweep the other and you get to a five and one start, hey, you know, you've, you've at least thrown yourself in the conversation through a tenth of the season. So, I mean, that, you know, that'll be fun. Hey, Blaine, and, uh, that's a good yeah. question. I'll, I'll pause there. If the Marlins or Orioles, one of them, sweep the other, is it then possible that one of them actually gets the over? Ooh. I mean, I, I was kind of high on the Marlins to begin with um, in terms of that in terms of that lineup. I mean, I you know what, though? I don't know about this, Kelly. This is just my opinion based off the little bit that I saw of the Red Sox and Orioles this weekend. But, man, the Red Sox to me are in trouble. Yeah. Big time trouble. That oh, pitching yeah. That is, pitching is terrible. Yeah, that pitching is worse than I even imagined it was going to be. And, man, for them to get down both both games on Saturday and Sunday, I mean, I think it was 5 nothing before the second inning in both games. Um, yeah. Not a recipe for success. And so, if I'm Boston, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond worried uh, right now. And then you got the Mets coming in off that – spanking they took tonight so you know they're going to be ready to play uh, starting tomorrow night so I mean it's going to be real real interesting uh, for Boston you know here coming up if they get off to an, if they get off to a bad early start they could be one of the few teams you actually could see being a seller at the trade deadline yeah no you're right yeah yeah I yeah I agree on Boston I had I had a five dollar under ticket on thirty one and a half wins. I'm wishing I put more on it, but now I'm scared of my Marlins under the half. So. Oh, me and you both like on that Oriole under. Uh, that that thing at twenty and a half is looking a little sketch here through three games. But <laughs> hey, let's let's go ahead and let's see what happens when they play the mighty Marlins here uh, this week. Maybe the Orioles will come right. back to earth a little bit. Yeah, no, that'd be interesting. No, there's a there's a couple series next week uh, that are pretty exciting. I mean, outside of the Braves Rays series, um, just personally, there are a few that are pretty cool. The Cardinals Twins, uh, yes, is yes. one that is neat. Um, if you go to, I, I guess, go ahead. I was, I was gonna say, I really am a hugely interested in this, uh, White Sox and Indian series coming up early yeah, in this week, big too. Series too. Yeah, and, and um, and, and then this weekend, I know me and uh, me and Ike will be closely watching <laughs> from the cardboardless, cutless. Uh, Wrigley Field uh, at CGI, and none, none of them had their shirts off. None of the CGI Cubs fans had a, had a shirt off or a beer. It's a little disappointed about that because the uh, <laughs> the Buckos are coming next weekend. And then, um, and, and then speaking of, and then you got Cleveland, Minnesota next weekend as well. Yeah, that's and, a big uh, the, one. And, and, and the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks will be pretty interesting too next weekend. And then obviously everyone's going to get all up in arms about the Boston Red Sox and the Yankees, but those could be absolutely uh, train wrecks if Boston doesn't get together a little bit more than they did this weekend. No, you're exactly right. No, I, I was going to say I like those uh, – I like the Indians twin series later in the week. Uh, I know that the Twins have a tough schedule right now, man. They got – they have the Cardinals and Indians. That's tough for a weekly schedule. That's tough. I mean, it, it, very, 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 very tough. Uh, but you know what, though? There's really – there's not going to be many places to hide. You know, everyone's got to go play everybody every night, and, and you have to be ready for that. And with the division aspect of it, I mean, it just it's it makes for a real fun game. Uh, you know, a game I'm, I'm really excited for tomorrow, and I'm sure you are too, pitching-wise matchup. I mean, Fulty versus Glass now on Monday night is going to be a dandy. No, I don't think – I don't think Fulty's ready, man. I, I'm not – Really? Maybe it's a hot take. I'm not a fan of Mike Fulton. I just – he's too hot and cold for me. And just half of me wishes the Braves would trade him on a hot streak and get something out of him because I he frustrates me so much, man. I I don't know. 
Like, I don't have confidence in Fulton Elwich at all. Like, I, I just have this feeling that he's going to get blasted by the Rays tomorrow. And just, I don't know. I have a bad feeling about so, tomorrow. Let me ask you, Keller. So, would you rather would you rather have Fulton on the mound or Newcomb? Because, man, what I saw on Newcomb tonight, I know he got the big lead. And <sighs> I was not impressed with Sean Newcomb tonight at all. The, the Braves pitching has me a little concerned. Now, that offense is great. But that pitching, rotationally-wise, has me a little more concerned than I thought I was going to be early <laughs> on. Yeah, I mean, you got a top two. I really like Freed and, and Soroka. But, yeah, Newcomb, he didn't have command. I mean, I, I know only probably the Braves fans and, and some of you guys who just watch baseball all the time watch the game. But he he just – he was leaving everything high. He he should have gotten burned more than he did. And I was just waiting for somebody to just tag him for a bunch of runs. But if he can harness the command, his stuff is good. So maybe he's just first game jitters. Maybe he's just still getting a feel for his pitches, you know, early on in the you know season. Um, but I mean, I think Newcomb. I'd rather have Newcomb than Fulty to answer your question. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, Blaine. I hope Fulty goes out tomorrow and proves me wrong. I really do. Hey. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? The, the reality of it is, too, the Rays offense. Eh, you know, I mean, yeah, they came around today and found a way. But it hasn't necessarily been the strongest point of the team so far um, no. to, to this point. I mean, I tell you what, I'm, I'm going through here just kind of looking Tuesday night, man. There's not a lot in terms of, a, in terms of pitching. Um, I'm really interested in the uh, Josh Limbold making his KBO uh, or debut back from the KBO um, against the Buckos and Derek Holland, the only, the only player in the 20th century to – get thrown out of a game that he has – for a team that he has not yet appeared for today when he got thrown out of the Pirates-Cardinals game from the stands, mind you. <laughs> um, That's amazing. I did not and see then, that. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have got to see this yet. It, it probably will make its rounds on social medias and everything. But the argument that occurs between Derek Shelton, the Pirates' new manager, and the umpire – the umpire is six seven, by the way. He's a mammoth man. And they're both out there, and he's got to throw his mask on, and Shelton's got to throw on his, his garter uh, sleeve <laughs> that he's got. I mean, it was hilarious, all because an umpire's got rabbit ears because he was pathetic for about the first four innings of the game today. I mean, yeah. you're, you're going to see that more because guys are not – some of these veterans and some of these players, especially pitchers, they're taking it for their other guys. They're going to let the umpires know it. And uh, we're probably going to see some more objections of guys that are sitting underneath of a tarp in the stands. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I wouldn't be surprised, Blaine. That's a good point. That's a very good point. It'll be fun to see. I mean, it's just, this whole environment and, and, and the way the games are being played are crazy. And I guess that brings us kind of to our next topic of um, cardboard cutouts and CGI uh, fans. So um, I guess I'll leave this off and defer it to Ryan because, Ryan, I'm sure you watched it. Uh, the Cubs game on Fox that had CGI fans. I didn't get to catch much of it, um, but but do you prefer the CGI fans, or do you prefer seeing the cutouts in the stands? Uh, actually, to be honest, I need to see that. I didn't get to watch the game today. I, I wanted to, but so I, I'll have to look in and see what the CGI looked like, so I can't really comment on that. All right. Well, Blaine, did you watch hey. much of that? Well, I didn't, I didn't see I, – I saw it on Saturday because I was kind of interested. I knew Fox was going to do some stuff like that. I, I wish they could have. I mean, they kind of joked around. They said, you know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna seem emotion. They're gonna seem emotionless at times, and they're not gonna react at other times. But I just would have liked for them. They could change the jersey colors. I just want to see Cubs fans, you know, with beers in their hands and, you know, shirtless out, out in the, uh, 
out there in the outfield in the, the bleachers. You know, that's all I really wanted to see out of the CGI. So, I mean, otherwise, throw some cardboard cutouts out there and let them get some shirtless cardboard cutouts and, some, you know, make the beer snake or something with the CGI, for crying out loud. Um, you know, the, the, the cutouts for me have been much better. I've been loving seeing the Dodgers ones. They've been pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think there was another another team that I uh, saw that had them that was pretty was pretty good. But then, you know, it's kind of interesting because these teams that don't have them, the Mets, the Mets obviously were pretty good too with, with Chipper and his son Shea. Um, yeah. But the teams that don't have them, it's interesting because the Cardinals did not have any today. And while it didn't take away from the game at all, it was it's just kind of an interesting thing to see, you know, when a foul ball just smashes a cardboard cutout in the face. It's kind of cool. <laughs> I think it's a neat thing. I, I, I really do think it's neat. I, for those of you that don't know, I actually have one in Atlanta. So that I was actually excited about it, and I'm excited to get it after the season ends. Um, so yeah, I think it's fun. It's hey, something cool. Taylor, do, do you know where your do you know where your cutout is in the stadium at some or truest? I should say truest. <laughs> they haven't they haven't told me. I don't think they put them up yet because the Braves don't play a home game until next Thursday or next Wednesday. So I don't think they're I don't think they're set up yet. Right. Well, I yeah. know the Reds today were talking about how they're going to make the cardboard cutouts a thing that you could you could go ahead and, and start putting it together. So any Reds fans, if you want to put one of those out, I feel like it's gotten such a good reception Yeah, from the stuff in with KBO, cardboard cutouts over there, that everyone's like, you know what, why don't we have this? It's making some money. Everyone's going to have some fun with it. You yeah. get a little souvenir to remember the 2020 baseball season from if you get one. And I'm, it would run you about 25, 50 bucks. It's, like it's 25 bucks. It's, it's, it's not too bad. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It's just cool to have, and it's a token of like you know, be twenty years from now. I mean, like, hey, remember that one time we had cardboard cutouts in the stadium? Well, here was ours. So it's kind of cool. Right. Like, when a bat from China into the world almost, and they had to wait till July twenty fifth to have an opening day for baseball. Oh yeah, it's crazy, man. I don't think we're ever gonna forget this one. I, I, cardboard cutout or not, I think you're gonna remember this year. <laughs> yeah, no, you're exactly right. The hey, right. Yeah, I, I had a question on the cardboard. Was it like just twenty five dollars for anybody, or was it like you could pay a hundred dollars and it'd be like a primer seat in the stadium that might get seen or anything mm. like that? No, it was just. Uh, it was just you go online and it was just you pay to to get it and they tell you that your picture was approved and then it'll be in the stadium and they'll let you know where your where your cutout is once they place it. So I don't think there's any preference of treatment, which is kinda cool. Uh right. okay. so you know, you don't have to pay more to be closer down. But I've seen a lot of the stadium so far. There's not a ton of the cardboard cutouts. So like there's I think we're gonna begin to try a lower bowl, um, just so for the T V purposes, but I don't know. It's cool either way. But no, I didn't have an option to pay more for like a prime seat. Gotcha. That was but, the hey, that, for the Cubs game was just today, or was that every game? I think it was just for Fox, right, Blank? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Fox yeah. is the one doing the CGI uh, that I know of. That's the only one I've heard. Um, you know, which, which brings the next point, which when asking about the CGI versus the cardboard cutout. I think the sound operator is more important than the cardboard cutout. The cardboard cutout is cool for the visual, but All the right. sound is what actually allows the game to kind of feel somewhat normal, as I said at the very top of the show. No, I agree. And, I... and I'll tell you what, doing that job before, these guys have done an excellent job because you really do have the tempo, the flow, the pace, the energy of the ballpark, and you can feel that through the TV. Um, 
and and so far so so good from everything that I've that I've seen. And, and you know what? I forgot. I forgot about one of the cardboard cutouts. I wanted to talk about it. I don't know if anybody saw any of the Oakland A's and the Angels on Friday night, but one of the cardboard cutouts is of Tom Hanks from back when he was in high school when he was the hot dog vendor for the Oakland A's, and they've got a little voice box with him saying, hot dogs, get your hot dogs, in the Tom Hanks voice. was very cool. Like, that and the Chipper Jones awesome. and Tommy Lasorda, top. Those are the Mount Rushmore so far of what I've seen with the cardboard cutouts. And we'll throw you up there too, Keller. You're the fourth. <laughs> Shay, Shay, Tom Hanks, the hot dog vendor, Keller and his son, and, um, and Chipper, <laughs> sort of. So we'll go with five. No, that is cool. That is cool. I, saw, I was watching the A's game. Uh, when they were talking about Tom Hanks, and I was like, "Wow, I, I could I would never guess he was a hot dog vendor." But and now that you say it, it's not really that unreasonable. <laughs> Started from the bottom, now he's here. You know, so, that's right. Hey. <laughs> oh man, all right. Probably well, persuasive. Was... He probably got a lot of people to buy them dogs. You know, <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, no, that's cool. Um, I guess on to the next topic, and and this is kind of back to fantasy. Um, so. You know, there's been a whole – there's two topics, really. One, just the amount of injuries and, and COVID-related IL stents um, that have been hitting teams and hitting players and really impacting our fantasy league. Uh, biggest one right now that was kind of unexpected, I can think of, is Juan Soto. So, one, obviously impacts the Nats, but two, obviously impacts Benyak's team. Um, I mean, you know, guys, we go through this. That's going to be really tough to manage. It's going to really impact some of our fantasy teams. Um, I guess, what do you think about that? Who, who, other than Juan Soto, do you think is the biggest guy out, whether it's COVID reasons or injury reasons? Um, do you expect more injuries this year as a result of, like, less time to ramp up? I know we've seen a lot of pitchers go down. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of pitchers, a lot of pitchers. Uh, do yeah. you guys see that continuing over the next week or two? Just more pitchers kind of hitting the IL with kind of mild, you know, maybe muscle stiffnesses or kind of the soft uh, tissue injuries. Soft, soft tissue injuries. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think so. I, but, you know, also, too, I think the expanded playoffs has put some of these teams in a position where they say, like the Dodgers, for example, Kershaw got a little minor back thing. Eh, go, go take a seat for a couple of weeks. We'll be a fine without you. We'll come back, um, and we'll That's get you, you know next time through the rotation. But I, but I do think one that in particular today that I was uh, like, whoa, this is interesting, and this is going to be a big development. Uh, Corey Kluber uh, leaving after an inning, I thought was pretty huge uh, for the Rangers because he is kind of their guy, you know. And if they're going to make a real run at the playoffs, he's going to have to be real good. Not to mention it lost me money because I had the strikeout over for Corey Kluber <laughs> at seven, and he goes oh, one freaking inning. So that was a beautiful thing today. Sure. Um, been good on those props. Been good on that prop deal there for that. But man, uh, that hurt. Um, but all, and then also obviously Verlander. I mean, that's you know now we've got him coming out with tweet, tweeting that it's just a strain. Well, I'm gonna tell you what: you do anything to your arm and you're a pitcher, and it's a two month season. It's a big deal. Yeah. No, it's killed me, Blaine. I, I have AJ Puck, Corey Kluber, and Clayton Kershaw all in my top mm. five starting pitchers, and now all are on the injured list. So my fantasy team is hurting right now in the starting so, rotation. So Puck, Puck is as well. I did not know Puck was out. Yeah, Puck's out too. And all of these are not COVID related; they're just injury related, which is just yeah. so annoying. 
Um, but uh, what, what unbelievable you when you've got when you have that going on with a pandemic, you're like, my God, can a guy not just you know ice his arm down and be okay for a minute? Like, why is this gonna happen to me? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, but I know we're all dealing with it. We're all gonna have players hit the IL. The Marlins are giving us a little scare, having four players yesterday. Uh, I guess be quarantined and tested for COVID. Um, oh. Urania, um, um, the catch, their catcher, uh, Alfaro, and and then maybe I think it was two relief pitchers, um, all tested for COVID. Um, so I mean, you know, teams are going to get hit by this, and it could affect teams too. I mean, if, if oh, teams yeah. are digging into their you know AAA rosters to field a team, that's going to be it's going to be crazy. What? Well, it's like the Braves on Friday with the catching position. I mean, yeah. you know, having to start having to having to have a third string guy and have a Contreras brother have to be your catcher for this opening series. Um, and then, you know, another example, the Reds today had Mike Moustakis and Sinzel both have to be um, scratched. Now, we don't know exactly the extent Moustakis just said didn't feel well, so he didn't even come to the ballpark. And I don't Moustakis know. Moustakis went on the IL. Yeah, I mean, so if Moustakis is actually down, down. That could be really interesting for the Reds who had all this promise and, you know, played great on Friday and then lose back. And I was that's one team that I think really this weekend hurt itself big time. When you lose to the Tigers two or three yeah. and your starting pitchers racked up 11 strikeouts from Castillo on Saturday and then 13 from Bauer today, and you lose two games to the freaking Tigers. At home. Right. Now, granted, you're at home, it don't matter, but you lost two to the Tigers with your starters throwing double-digit strikeouts in their outings. That's not good news for the Reds. And then you add Moustakis and Suzell having some issues. Um, you know, good time for the Cubs to come in there, Ryan, right? right? Yep, they just used all their aces. The Reds reeling. Take a few more from them. Reds will be hurting. Yeah. Man, they'll just, the they just got to split now. They'll just split now. Yeah, they are. Uh, Brown, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the injury stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it seems like – I mean – Injuries have been nagging pitchers. I guess I think a lot of pitchers, and then you've seen a lot of pitchers go just two, three innings. They're they're on short pitch counts to start the year. They haven't ramped up fully, which is kind of annoying to some people I have to deal with. Um, I guess, I think that's just lack of you know ramping up for March and then down for four months. I think uh, that'll be nagging for a while. Maybe here in a few weeks they'll catch their midstream, but few weeks in we're already halfway through our regular season so <laughs> so hopefully nothing is like lingering nothing i mean other than verlander and i don't know the report on kluber some things seem like maybe there's a missile starter too but i don't know if anything's gonna be long term or not and then let's just hope covid wise i mean there's a, so it started off big with soto and then there hasn't been too many big names hit but i just you know, I just don't want a team. You know, what happens if like half the team of the Marlins get it? Are they going to fill the team with all minor leaguers? Or I don't know. I think that's. I mean, what's any different, really? Though, you know. Yeah, I mean, well. I agree. I mean, it's not what they do, but like, I just it'd be crazy if like, and it Marlins it probably wouldn't be a big thing, but like, like say the Yankees got through half the clubhouse and they had to fill it with no star power. Like, I don't know. Hopefully, nothing like uh, that. Boo hoo, boo hoo. You know what? Hey, we got a player pool for a reason. I mean, hell, I, last I, year they had how many guys they have on the DL or IL last year at some points in time. Let's no, go, man. I mean, Keep that's playing. Fine. Hey, you know, it's fine with me. But I'm just, I'm just hoping that there doesn't a team wide ravage starts putting pessimism and scaring guys. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, no, it could happen. I mean, it really could. But we'll see. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it's all played by ear and see how that goes. But uh, I guess on to the next thing, um, there have been some pretty big breakout guys here in the first three days. I know it's kind of an overreaction, uh, but that's maybe the name of this, t- this segment is like, who of the guys who have just had a really hot start do you feel is sustainable? And is there someone that's having a really start hard, a hot start you don't feel it, or you feel is more of an overreaction? I mean, I, and I guess I'll kind of start with two two names. Uh, one uh, that's having a really hot start is Tommy Pham. Um, he's absolutely crushing it. Speed, power, combo. I think it's legit in that San Diego lineup. I think it's legit with the pitching in that division. I think he's having a good, going to have a big year. Um, so kudos to Daly for drafting Tommy Pham. I mean, that's a, he's just having a, an amazing year so far three games in, but I think it continues. And then one guy I'm not so sure of um, who's having a really good start um, is Phil Gosselin uh, of the Phillies. Um, he's hit two home runs on opening day. Uh, he's hitting four for six. Um, I mean, it is the Marlins, but – or it, it is the uh, – sorry. Yeah, it is the Marlins. He did it against, um, but I don't know if that's for real. I don't know much about Phil Gosselin. Um, I would say <laughs> Sell Phil Gosselin, Keller. Sell Phil Gosselin. Um, not a chance not a chance (laughs) but uh i I would say that's not sustainable but what are your thoughts uh ron blaine on players that have had a really hot start hey i'll 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 just go ahead and on the two that you said real quick there keller and uh then i'll let i get and then i'll come back and i love the tommy fan pick i mean four stolen bases yeah he's only hitting 222 but i mean it's still early on in the year but he's being productive in that lineup with Machado and Tatis and Grisham, they're hitting him fourth, right, giving protection with Hosmer. They're going to be in a lot of close games. He plays great defense. I mean, Tommy Pham's a solid, solid guy who I would continue to uh, to buy heavily this year. And then Phil Gosselin, I'd, you know, sell. I mean, there's no – I'm sorry. Yeah, he hit two home runs, but no, no. That's a big sell there on Phil Gosselin. Yeah, I agree. Brian, what are your thoughts? Maybe um... – yeah, fam, I mean, Fam's a solid guy. I mean, he, he's, he's a trustworthy guy that has power speaking on my, yeah, I don't know about Gotham, trust anything as far as that. Uh, one person I'm a little intrigued by, I think you picked him up, was that, did you pick up that Kyle Lewis? Yeah. From, I mean, he, I mean, for, he, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get out of him, but he's had a nice few days, getting a couple home runs, getting hits, friends, so I'd be interested if he could, he could keep up, it could be a, of a pickup help round out your outfit. Yeah, no, I was I was I picked him up at the end of the draft. I dropped him, picked him back up. He's hit two home runs so far, two different days, uh, off Houston starters. So I mean I'm 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 moderately excited. We'll see what he what he does. You, you say Cal Seeger, right? Kyle Lewis. Kyle Rick. Lewis. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a left field on that one, boys. I don't know if he plays it or not, but I I don't know much <laughs> about Kyle Lewis, so you you can tell me there. Um, I mean, he's a he's he's a young upcoming guy in in Seattle. They got a lot of young outfielders coming up. Probably be better here in like two to three years, but um, I mean, he has a ton of power. Um, the problem is he he strikes out a lot, and his batting average is suspect. And I'm not sure, you know whether he'll be able to put it together and be consistent. Uh, but so far, so good. And he had a really good summer camp and really good spring training. And um, he hits fourth in the Seattle lineup. And, I mean, I think there's you know fantasy relevance. We'll see. Um, 
A couple other guys. Uh, Enrique Hernandez, Ryan, he's on your team. Um, third on the player radar right now. Do you think that he's a guy you're buying for the rest of the season, or do you think he's a guy, um, you know, once maybe Gavin Lux gets his service time, the playing time would diminish and he doesn't have as much value? What are your thoughts on Enrique Hernandez? Yeah, I mean, I feel if Gavin Lux comes up, he'll just. Enrique is kind of like that guy that they. Dodgers always have so many guys that they can plug and play. And Enrique is one of those ones that has hot streaks, cold streaks. I mean, all it's going to take is a cold streak later. And once Gavin Lux passes Super 2, he'll be up. I mean, he's high on the player radar because he had a monster opening night. He's been okay. He's started every game since. Um, I, I mean, he's, he's serviceable for Mutant Hal, but it's not like some, it's just a serviceable, usable player for now. It's nothing like going to become a keeper or anything like that. Bigger question. Hey, do you love him, man? Do you love him? PK, do you love him, man? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Those five ribbies are I pretty good opening night. Hey, I, I tell you what, I I think KK Hernandez and that and that Dodger lineup is a guy worth worth considering to keep looking at um, big time. I, I, got a, I got a name for you of a guy who started off pretty hot, had a home run today, um, going to play first, third DH. Con Morant, the red beard uh, for the Buccos, looking pretty locked in. Um, hit, squaring up a lot of balls early in the year. I think he's a guy worth worth looking at as a um, kind of a guy who's off to a hot start, who seems to be locked in, was, was a pretty high draft pick, you know, back in the day. Always yep. hits pretty well. The knock's always been defense with him. But um, if you can play him at first and play him at, you know, at DH, it kind of takes some of that concern out of the way. And I think he's a guy who's uh, kind of has a sleeper-ish uh, feel to him this year. Yeah. No, it's possible. We'll see how he keeps I it mean, up. Yeah, hitting three sixty four, had a big bomb today to tie it at one. Um, been been you know making solid at bats and uh, on a team when I saw a guy and Cole and Cole Tucker swing after you had two straight three ball counts on the first pitch from an Adam Wainwright who's laboring in the first inning of a game with one out in the inning. Uh, I need to see good at bats. So Colin Moran's a big guy for the Buccos' success if he can keep it going and for fantasy relevance too. Because he's yeah. going to hit third or fourth or fifth in that lineup pretty much every day. No, I agree. I agree. La- last one on this list, and, and then we'll move to something else. And, and uh, I'm sure uh, Clay and, and Steven will like this one. Didi Gregorius. Dude has two home runs, hit home run on opening day and on the second day. He's had a hit in all three games. Um, I mean, he looks like he's a viable, solid middle infielder for fantasy purposes, and he's really going to help the Phillies. Um, I don't really like that personally, but I mean, could Didi really be a fantasy asset? Um, Ron, go ahead and get your boss on that. Uh, I think Didi. I mean, he's he he was streaky and had a good good year that one time with the Yankees. Uh, I know he had surgery and stuff that he's coming back from. He's got potential. I mean, he could. I mean, he could be a solid contributor. Um, good power. Uh, Phillies overall worry me though, but I don't know about their. I think their batting will be okay. Their pitching, I think, is what overall worries them. That Marlins are putting up all those runs on them. Yeah, um, pitching, but yeah, their pitching is bad. Um, I about think he's he's decent. And before I toss the play, one other person I just want to give a quick shout out about four, 40 year old Nelson Cruz. Oh my God, yeah. still still kicking. <laughs> How he is pick them? bashing. Go ahead. Probably should have picked him. 
<laughs> yeah. should have picked him instead of uh, <laughs> Framel Reyes. We'll see. Hey, it's, it's only three games in. We got 57 more to go, guys. Anything can yeah. happen. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, on, on old DD, uh, DD Gregorius, you know, um, they need to get some pitching going in that laboratory, though, because it doesn't matter what he does, that team will not go anywhere if that pitching doesn't improve. But, I mean, in terms of offense, I mean, that lineup is great, and you put him right in the middle of that. Um, I think he is fantasy relevant. One guy I wanted to bring up real quick, though, um, because we haven't talked about him, and I think he's, he's worth mentioning because he is 7 for 10 on the year with four runs, a double, a triple, a home run, and five RBIs. The Mar the Marlins shortstop Miguel Rojas. Oh wow! Seven hundred here, um, seven for ten. Uh, that's probably why they've beaten the Phillies uh, two or three the guys hitting seven hundred. Yeah. Um, had a big night. He had a big day today. Three, three runs, he, Homer, four RBIs. He might be a sell come uh, you know as we get into August, but uh, he's had a heck of a July. He he has, and he played good against the Braves too when they're in their two warm up games. Um, I mean, I don't really know much about Rojas. I don't know what his pedigree is, his prospect. I mean, I know you, anyone right now can go at him uh, on your team. Uh, I'm just not sure yet, you know, whether he's going to be someone to keep that up or whether it's just the Phillies pitching. I think I'll stay with Jorge Polanco at shortstop. <laughs> I'd like to see about a week of this from Miguel Rojas to pick him up, but uh, we'll see. Um, definitely some some you know interesting names at the top of the player radar, as as is the case every every year when we first start out in the season. So I'm sure it'll normalize a bit as we uh, you know get into the grind of this 60 game schedule. Um, that was all I had, Blaine. Did you have? Uh, is there one more topic we wanted to go through? We got about, I don't know, seven, eight minutes left. We're going to try to keep this episode a little shorter. Um, yeah, I mean, but, uh, I, I, I was going to say, I mean, you know, we were talking about the Phillies. We, we, could not, we could not leave this podcast without talking about Bryce Harper's cleats. Did he? I mean, it, I know if you've had to see that. That Philly fanatic fur coming out the tongue of that shoe was beautiful. <laughs> I don't care if you like the Phillies or not. That was awesome. Um, that was awesome. I was all I was all for the head. Oh no, it was awesome. That's, I mean, hey, game needs personality like that. You got to love Harper doing that. <laughs> I, I personally loved it. I mean, I, I got to say this, Keller. Um, off of that, you know, Bryce Harper hits a big three-run homer in the game that they actually do, and they end up losing that game. The Phillies. Nope. I'm really concerned. I think three teams that I'm really concerned about so far. In the season, I think you've got to say the Phillies. You've got to be very concerned about the Phillies. Yeah. Um, very concerned about the Phillies. I, I think the Red Sox are another one. you got to go, whoa, uh, yeah. what, what's going to happen here? And then I think another team that I'm, I'm concerned about after watching them play uh, a couple of times is Arizona. Granted, yeah. I want to give San Diego more of that credit than, than the, blame, and the blame from um, – you know, blame. I, I, I want to give I want to give the Padres some credit instead of blaming the Diamondbacks for that performance. And then, yeah. and then three teams that I really really liked so far. I think you got to go with the, the Twins. I mean, putting up the runs they put up. Max Kepler hitting two bombs on opening day, fourteen runs today. Uh, I mean, the White Sox pitching may be pretty bad, but you're still when you're putting up that kind of runs, you know, double digit runs and back or two out of three games on a weekend, you're going to win a lot of series. Uh, so oh, yeah. thought that was really great for the, you know, the twins. 
I mean, we have to give Baltimore some love. We dogged them for 40 minutes in the first <laughs> first season episode. Yeah. Granted, it's but Boston, so we'll, we'll you know we'll see we'll see how it goes after they play the Marlins this week. And then um another team I was really interested in the whole o- how Oakland Oakland played this weekend. Um, you know, get, getting five off a show in the first inning today, winning that great epic extra inning game on Friday night. You know, another a topic we could talk about here as we close it up though. How about the strategy in extra innings? I mean, yeah. have you guys seen a game go to extras yet and how that's kind of went? I mean, it's it's been it's been peculiar. I mean, you've seen a couple of times where it's really worked for people playing some small ball. Yep. You saw the uh, I mean Friday, the whole the whole base running I'm not even gonna say it's a base running blunder by show. Uh you know, when a ball hit the first base to take off to third, but he got but he got picked down at third on a great pick by uh by Matt Matt Chapman from Matt Olson. But, I mean, you know, what have you guys thought about the extra inning game so far? Well, I mean, look, I mean, it's, it's a shorter season. You got 60 games. Why not try it, I guess? I mean, I, like you said, Blaine, earlier in this podcast, I'm more of the traditionalist. I'd rather just see the extras and, you know, let the team slug it out however long it takes. But I get it. 60 games. You got the virus stuff to deal with. Um, you got fatigue on, a, you know, 60 games in 67 days. Players are already dealing with a lot. So I agree. Put a man on second. Get the game over with faster. Adds a little bit of fun to it. Um, I'm happy because the Braves won their extra inning game that way. So I don't know if I'd feel the same way if they lost. Um, but well, hey, you, won. I don't know if you heard Clevenger on Saturday. I mean, he was pissed. Oh, yeah. How that went down for, uh, for them. I mean, you know, Kansas City. It's it's I don't know how you guys if you guys have been watching on the app bad apps but I mean it's hilarious how when a game goes to extras it, on the on your MLB app it just says runner placed at second base and you're like my god you know you're, you're the purest traditionalist and you want your head wants to explode and how you know guy lays down a bunt sack fly walk it's and very then, easy to score and, 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 and then a guy and then a guy gets caught stealing so there's not an official at bat for the Royals in the tenth inning and they find a way to scratch home a run. And then they hold down the Indians to win three to two on Saturday. Um, Keller, I'm sure you could talk a little more about the Braves Mets extras, how that one went. But it's just been interesting to see the different strategies that have occurred so far in these extra inning games. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, credit Dansby for Dansby Swanson. Uh, I guess I should say the full name. Uh, credit Dansby Swanson for hitting one in the gap. But I mean, you know, Braves won on the extra inning rule, and and you know they added man on second. But I mean, they'd have won anyway because they they got some runs across, um, or more than just one. But the Mets ended up getting a run across in the bottom of the tenth. Um, they ended up getting their man at second home. So I mean, I think it's fairly easy to get that runner home. The trick is, can you get any more? Um, because if you play small ball, you could theoretically get the runner home fairly easily with a bunt and a sack fly. Um, so, I mean, I don't know how much if, – if the first team that gets up to bat, plays small ball, gets one run across, doesn't get another. I mean, if you're the other team, do you, do you play the same small ball or do you go for the win? I don't know. It's kind of like going for two in football. I mean, it's, it's, it's the equivalent. So, hey, as, as our ex coach used to say, go go win the go win the blanking game, right? So I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see team strategies. I'm I'm curious. I mean, it, it was interesting today in the um in the in the the other other game of the four that have so far went to extras, the Blue Jays and the Rays. Rays come back to get it to extras. The Blue Jays get a pop out to start. Then they they actually try and steal a base. That it's a challenge play, 
They end up getting it. Sack fly. Bo Bichette gets out. So the Rays are sitting here. They're, they know they got to get one across. They draw a leadoff walk. So they got runners on first and second. Boom. Triple in the gap to win it. So there's not as much strategy involved. So you can get that thing going too. But it's just crazy how that rally can begin just like that. With the runner on second, you, you walk a guy, you hit a guy, boom. You know, yep. one base hit and the game's over. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm curious. Um Ryan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, Oakland's was cool. They got the walk-off. It was an extras, right, when you got the walk-off Grand Slam? Didn't that happen in extras? Yeah. 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 I think they actually had to go to two extra innings in that one, though, correct? Um, the, uh, I think they went to 11 there, didn't they? Or was it 10? I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. But, yeah, oh, it, I it mean. It was only 10. It was only ten. Yeah, I mean, I it's neat. I agree. It's a it's another thing to try out. Try out everything this season with the shortened season. See how it goes. But I don't know about in the future keeping something like this. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, but I mean, but it's cool for this year to see the different team strategies. And it's fair. I mean, it's fair. Both teams get the person you know on second base. But it get, at least it gives you that. Uh, it's kind of like it's almost kind of like. Going to the 10th inning is like college football overtime where, like, if you have the coin flip, you always say you want the ball second. Well, that's kind of the advantage of being the home team. It's like you get to see what the first team does. Do they play small ball just to get one run or they just try to slug it out? And if they don't get one, then, you know, because they screwed up and popped out a couple times, well, then you can play small ball to get the win. So, like, it kind of gives you an advantage to go second. But, I agree with that, Ron. That's a good thought. And that's kind of what I was yeah. saying before. It's like, do you kick the extra point or do you go for two? I mean, it's really the equivalent of that. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what teams do. But it definitely it, it, favors the home team. And not, even, and not even as much sometimes, I think we're, we've all thought about it from the offense perspective, but the defense perspective and how Oakland won on Friday night, you know, a, a, a ground ball hit at the first baseman. I mean, how many times if you're on second base do you ever think that guy's going to throw it to third there? No. And for, and, for, and for Olsen to throw it over there to Chapman, I mean, that was a pretty ballsy play by him. And the fact that it ends up working and show looks like a fool in the first ever extra innings game that you got going on there, it's just pretty wild that that's the defensive compartment of it too is going to be pretty interesting to see how teams do that. You almost had to think Olsen's thinking, you know what? I get this ball. I'm going to third immediately. Like almost like the A's have thought about we're going to be run prevention at the as, at, to the to the max in these types of situations. And then yeah. maybe certain teams will approach it differently than other teams will. Well, they're also the home team. They have the advantage of doing that too. They have the advantage yeah. of of knowing that they still get in a bat with a runner on second, and they can try to score. You know their run if that run gets across because it's nothing. It's nothing more than a leadoff walk if you think you can get your runner you know across in the bottom half. So why not yeah. go for the out at third on a bunt? Why not go for it? But you know what, though? You're also opening up the big inning at that point, too, Keller. You know, I mean, you if, are. If, Olsen, if Olsen doesn't make that throw, or I'm sure Ike saw this yesterday, but Lorenzo Kane, you getting a little run down there and ends up getting a second <laughs> and first situation. I think we all saw that. It was That was probably one of the highlights of the weekend right there. That, that, yeah, that run down there. But anyway, anyway, but I mean, in that situation, you know, you don't want to open up the big inning. So for 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 Olsen to throw that ball across the diamond to Chapman there wasn't it was a very very interesting move. And I mean, it's it was probably one a.m. at this point when I when I heard that and I'm like, oh my! Or when I saw that and it was just almost kind of got me off my kind of woke me back up. Um, 
to see yeah. that play being made in that situation. Because if that doesn't work or if that if he doesn't pick that ball and that ball goes rolling into the, you know, down the foul line in as much foul territory as there's in Oakland, I mean that could have that could have set up about a three or four run inning there for the uh for the Angels in the in the top half of the tenth and then Oakland's automatically probably has no chance to hit that walk off grand slam to go to one and zero in the season. So no, you're you know, absolutely right, pretty man. interesting strategy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. But yeah, no, um it'll be a fun week. Uh, I mean, look, but the next time, you know, we get to the weekend, you'll be a one, you'll be a sixth of the way through your major league schedule. So, I mean, it'll be a, it's going to become a lot more dire for teams. Like you said, like the Reds, the Red Sox, the Diamondbacks, um, Phillies to figure stuff out uh, before you hit, you know, the, I guess one sixth of the season. Cause I mean, if they're still struggling like that, Next weekend, yeah. it's almost too late. It's just interesting, and you know it's it's funny you, you say that, but it's like when do you start scorer watching? The Padres announcer kind of joked about this last night. You know, they said, "Oh, we're two and zero, and the Dodgers got beat. Got to start scorer watching." And it's like, you know what? I mean, this is the time right of now. year you you start watching. I think so right. too. I, I think it's I'm with you, right. Ike, on that. I think <laughs> I think you do it from the get go. You know. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, I mean, a, a five, a, a four or five game deficit in a, in the standings looks really insurmountable when you think about how many games are left. I mean, right. oh, yeah. if you're on five games heading into August, you're feeling pretty comfortable. If you're a you know you're a division leader, I mean, you just are. You're feeling fairly comfortable. So I don't know. We'll yeah. see what happens at the end what? of next week. But other team Quietly. I'm allowed to think that nobody, nobody, nobody comes out of this weekend as a winless team. I mean, this is the first time in I think 66 years they said that there has not been a team to start three and zero. That's just wow. unbelievable. Yeah, that's wow. crazy. I didn't know that, Blaine. That's a good point. That's great. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I I know I know this at least this perspective today as, as I'm sitting here as a Pirates fan and I'm zero and two and we're going to St. Louis and we got Mitch Keller on the mound. I'm thinking, man, if we don't win this game. I, I I mean I'm I'm like eh, you know what we we might as well start packing in the year and it's crazy to think yeah. that you're thinking that way a third game in but you know I think that's kind of the way most of these teams are going to start feeling you just don't want to have those endure those long losing streaks because no. when you do this year you are you know sol you're up shit creek without that paddle so you better <laughs> start swimming fast man you're right you're right. Yeah, another You're team right. I think falls under that, that I'm slightly worried about is, I mean, I agree with some of the teams that you all mentioned, but is the Rays. I mean, Toronto took two of three from them, and now they got they got to play the Braves. So Rays have the offense like they did, you know, yesterday, you know, or today tonight actually. Then you know they lose a few games, and then they're in a quick deficit. So they could be one and five, or you know, hey, hey, I, yeah. I, they took they took two or three because they came back today. Right, yeah. right. Tampa did. Tampa took two or three. Oh, did they come back and actually win yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, Tampa okay. came back and won it. But they didn't uh, look so, good. So the, Bullo- the Buffalo Blue Jays are one and two now in the year. Uh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, I still Tampa's think they now, look good. Now, you're, you're right, Ryan. I, I followed some of that because I thought it was a cool matchup. And I'll tell you, they did not. They did not look good. The Tampa Bay does not look – they have not come out of the gate cylinders firing. So, we'll see. I mean, I'm hoping the Braves sink them. But, I mean, it's an early season, I guess, matchup between those two teams. It's really important for both teams. So, All we'll right. see. But, One other uh, quick – just quick thought. Uh, yeah. saw, I'm sure Blaine saw this. Uh, 
with the Pirates. One of the first um, put your mask on arguments when the Pirates manager came out. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> the umpire, they had to like, they started to get the argument, and the umpire's like, quick, try to get his mask on. And I think like the one side of it was like broken, so he had to just like hold it up and try to like argue, and they try to like <laughs> stay in the distance and try to argue at each other. It was kind of funny. It, it was interesting. Cool. And you know what's, what's even funny about that, too, like, is that you had the umpire then. The next time, the umpire, instead of even going for his mask, just put his hat over top of his face. <laughs> so, I mean, there's going to be all kinds of interesting things, you know, in terms of how you're going to even argue this year in 2020. Oh you got to love it, man. That is you great. I love it. No, well, that's awesome, guys. Well, that's all we have today. Um, hey, we welcome to just with the mace going, man. I will tell you what, that that's been the that's been the best part about the weekend. Mace is returning with that welcome back jam. Everybody and their brother's been singing that all weekend. The amount of games that are on TV, guys that aren't baseball fans. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I know we all have friends that don't that oh, baseball's boring. The game's no good. I'd rather watch paint dry. I think you got a few texts from those guys this weekend. They're, yeah. They they they're looking for something to watch. Now who knows? You know, here next next Thursday when the NBA comes back, how long they'll hang around? But that's their loss. So good riddance. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, thanks for listening. We've had fun. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when, but we'll, we'll find some time and get back on the horn and uh, give you guys some more content. But for now, um, enjoy the wrap up music. Um, maybe I can. Chain smokers, uh, baby. Chain smokers. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Hit it. All right. Later. See you, buddy.